Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. So we're in a sermon series titled Called. It'll be there soon. It'll happen. Another, there we go. And I wanted to go over a little bit of why we're in this sermon series. So, Pastor, who I'll call from here forward, Dad, <clears throat> Pastor Crosswhite had, um, had met with the, the people who, who do participate in the preaching, we're the preaching team, uh, you know, you see us, um, I, I'm scheduled one, maybe two times a year, and um, I get the opportunity to, to preach, that's, I really enjoy it. Um, so he, he shared this vision with the preaching team. He said, we're going to go through a series on being called. And the idea is for our members to thrive, where I can grow, you can grow, we can grow. Our church to thrive, and for our impact to be felt. And so in order for that to happen, we need to transition or help people transition from attenders at Cornerstone to participants. And his, his, his call for us to deliver these next sermons through the end of the year was to, he said, I want Cornerstone to know that each person has a calling. There is a place here for everyone to walk in and develop their calling. And in the next sermon series, I want us to encourage Cornerstone that we can find our calling, that your calling is important, there's no great calling and no small calling, and that even when it's challenging, God, thank you, Luis, God will be with us as we walk in our calling. So I'm very pleased to be part of a church where the leadership makes room for people to act and use their gifts. So it is in line with that vision, the called sermon series, and the vision that Dad shared with, with, the, with the preaching team group, that I have prepared this sermon. So just to give you a little context. And I pray that you'll let the vision of the pastor be the target on your heart so that when you hear what I share, you know to guide the intention toward that. So what does it mean to be called? What is called? So I think a very practical definition is to be set apart for a purpose. Speaking generally, it's recognizing that God has given you something to use for his glory. And walking in your purpose daily will help you fulfill your destiny. The daily execution of your calling will help you fulfill your destiny, which is your life objective. 
when you think about the meaning calling, set apart, by definition, that sort of insinuates isolation in some instances. And I was thinking about Miss Kristen, who is right now, she's not in this service with us because she is working with children. And so in a sense, that's sort of an isolating effect. Tad and Leabeth do the DNA class, and that sort of excludes them from being able to drink coffee with everybody from 9 to 10 or from 10 to 11 because they're in the DNA class executing their calling. I was here last night, and I don't know all the details, but I know, Thomas, you were involved with helping orchestrate um, a revival service amongst people you've known a long time and involved with, a, you know, like a ministry that you, that you support. And it was hosted here, and there was a lot of effort that was put in that. The, the speaker, I understand, came from California, and there weren't thousands of people here who came to hear it. Now, I know that the, the leaders and the orchestrators of that event, they poured their heart into it, and they would have loved to see a thousand people there. But no one can judge your calling. Uh, of course, in so much as it aligns with the scripture, right? Because you've heard the, the, the folks who God told them to leave their spouse or something like that, you know, um, excluding those guys, right? But no one can judge your calling. And I want to talk about, well, let me first reflect a little bit on what Renee has already discussed. Because she preached on, I think she was the first person to preach on the calling in the sermon series. And she said, she kicked us off with the vision that everyone is called. And you can see, and I was thrilled that she had a pie chart. You know, I, I am a scientist, so pie charts, do I do like them. But she, she kicked us off with this pie chart where this is the old perspective over here, where there's a whole lot of people who aren't called, but some are called. And of those who are called, there's different callings. And she encouraged us to think about this new perspective, which is all are called, but some of us in different ways. And I think that was an important, you know, vision-casting sermon, because that changed our paradigm. And that's where the preaching team sort of picked up and took off running, after Renee shared this, this first sermon. And then Thomas motivated us that we are to set our eyes on the mark. And now, Thomas, I was trying to be a good attendee for your sermon, and he was, he was preaching, and he said, I'm preaching better than you're responding. And so I said, I'm going to respond better. And so then he said, when a runner gets on the, when, when the runner gets on the mark, do you know what that is? And I said, the starting line. And he said, nope, <laughs> it's the finish line. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll be more careful next time I shout out the answer. And Thomas, a, a direct quote from his sermon was, he talked about that there is no great calling or no small calling. And he said, get in a lane and run. You know, sometimes people think about getting in a lane as like an insult. If you're at work and somebody's like, stay in your lane, pal, that's usually an insult. But you know, the quickest way from one point to the next point is a straight line. 
So your lane is there to help you. It's, help you. it's there to help you be straight, to run straight, and to reach your goal, to reach the finish line the fastest way possible. So what I hope to do is to share with you some of the benefits of walking in your call. And I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on two topics, two points. That walking in your call will help provide fulfillment in your life. And walking in your call will help provide direction for your life. Now, fulfillment can be immediate or it can be very delayed. I think about times where I've interacted with youth and it's very fulfilling very instantly. But there's also cases where your fulfillment is delayed when you walk in your calling. And in many cases, it's both. And then for those instances, I often think of like Josh and Elisa working with the youth, where probably some days it's very rewarding and very fulfilling, and then other times there's periods of drought where you're like, Lord, send the rain, right? Enough drought. And then direction. And this is really where I'm going to focus most of my time because I, I, I resonate more with some of the content of this, this portion of the sermon. But first, I'm going to talk about how walking in your calling can help you fulfill, fill, be fulfilled. You know, it's important to be fulfilled. God put us here for a reason. Now, that's not a direct statement of it's important to be fulfilled, but if you're here for a reason, then fulfilling that reason is going to make you feel fulfilled. So I want you to consider, I've got some excerpts from Paul's writing in Ephesians 3, where he was sitting in prison, yet he writes the letter to the Ephesians and it's so encouraging. It's just a window into Paul's life. It's a window into his fulfillment, into his fulfillment, into his satisfaction for having pursued his call, in spite of the fact that he's writing this letter from prison. So, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So this is a gentleman. This is Paul 
who has a call on his life that at this point in his life has led him to be in prison. Now, if I were in prison, I don't know that I would be so fulfilled that I could write that letter. And talk about making the right choice in life, right? Wouldn't you love to be in a point where even if you were in prison, you were still a happy guy, a happy woman? Many people would have advised Paul that he was on the wrong path. Paul, have you considered maybe you're missing your calling? Paul, have you considered maybe you need to do some things differently? Because I don't think that you're in the Lord's will. You're in prison. And what surprises me is Paul was happy in prison, and some people are unhappy living in luxury. Isn't that true? And I think about myself. I mean, I, I have access to medicine. By my age, most people in this era didn't even have their own teeth anymore. Terrible, that'd be terrible headaches, tooth infections. I mean, there's so much that I could, I'm, I should be so much more fulfilled just looking at all of the earthly factors than anybody who lived and sat in prison thousands of years ago. And, you know, Paul is a great example of someone who pursued his call, went after his call, lived his call. So, walking in your call, in your purpose, is fulfilling. Now, I think that because you fulfilling your purpose is fulfilling, I think that's pretty self-evident. I don't think I have to convince you that if you find your purpose and then you fulfill it, that you're going to feel fulfilled. I don't think I need to argue that point. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I, I think that's pretty um, self-evident. So, that everyone agrees with that, I'm going to move on to my next point, which is that your calling will help you find direction. Before I talk about Joseph, which, that's the right slide. Josh, thank you. But before I talk about Joseph, I want to tell you about Eratosthenes. Eratosthenes. Yeah, he's a Greek guy, lived about 200 years before Christ, and he wrote a book called Measuring the Earth. And he was really a brilliant guy. What he did was, during the summer solstice at noon, the sun doesn't cast a shadow. That's the sun is right there, wherever you are during your summer solstice at noon. Sun is right there, no shadow, directly over your head. And he knew when that day was. So he traveled a long distance and decided to take a stick with him and measure the shadow of the stick. So he knew the distance that he traveled right? And he knew that the sun was at a 90-degree angle from where he started. So y'all are seeing a triangle there, right? Seeing a triangle? And he, he noticed that, first of all, that if he were on a flat surface, the shadow would have been differently, would have been different. So then it would be on a round surface. So he was able to, to make a conclusion that, you know, maybe the earth was round, 
And then once he had that conclusion firm, he decided, okay, so now that I know it's round, I'm going to go ahead and calculate the radius of the Earth. I want to know that. So then he used that bit of knowledge that he had firm, and he calculated the radius of the Earth. And then he took that bit of knowledge that he had firm, which was the radius of the Earth, plus or minus 2%, which is pretty good for 2,200 years ago. Then he decided, well, you know what I could do? I could measure the shadow of my stick in the same place at different times. And he calculated the distance of the Earth from the sun. Well, think about that. To get from such a simple idea to such profound information. And I feel like there's a great example of that with Joseph. Because Joseph, he had a calling, and he had a destiny, and walking in his calling helped him fulfill his destiny. And I feel like, I feel like Joseph is a lot, a lot like that because, you know, he had all these opportunities where he could have abandoned his calling, where he could have given up on his, on his destiny. And yet, you know, it's like every experience he went through, he used it as a data point to calibrate himself, to calibrate how he's going to act, to adjust what his attitude's going to be in these situations. And the long term of his day-to-day -day fulfilling his calling, he fulfilled his destiny. Because, you know, Joseph's calling was not to have his brothers bow down at his feet. That wasn't Joseph's calling. And his calling was not to be in charge of Egypt. His calling was not to store up grain and save people from starvation. That was an outcome of his calling. That, that may have been his destiny. But his calling was something that he acted on every day day in and day out. So, since uh, Thomas got me with the trick question last time he preached, I'm going to get Thomas with one now. <laughs> what was Joseph's calling? Redemption. Redemption. I love it. Well, I, I sort of came up with a different one. When I, you know, when I really looked at Joseph's life, his calling, his gift, his his ministry, his skill, the thing that set him apart, that he used to glorify God, I feel like is stewardship. Is stewardship. And I don't want to jump to the end of my sermon just yet, but he wound up being in, being in charge of Potiphar's house. Potiphar gave him everything he had. He said, all I care about is what I eat. Everything else you can worry about. Then he went to prison, and the warden put him in charge of everything in the prison. And then when he left prison, Pharaoh put him in charge of everything over Egypt. He was a good steward. And what I'm trying to say, and what I think about this story, is that Joseph focused on his calling and on his gift and, and knowing his calling 
at every turn in his life, he was able to have direction. Because he could have been really distracted. I imagine in prison, there were probably some people saying, hey, let's kill this guard and get in the Nile and get out of here. Right? When he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, he could have said, you know, a friend, a, a, a person he trusted could have said, this is your chance to get in good with the family. Right? And then, even when he was in power, and his brothers came to seek help, he could have been vengeful. He could have. He could have been vengeful before they needed him. He could have been vengeful seven years earlier when he was in charge, and he could have said, hey, I need some guards for a little side thing I'm doing. <laughs> and he could have gone and gotten revenge on his brothers. So talk about civil rivalry. I wrote a little song. It'll probably be a copyright infringement on Facebook, so the sermon will probably be taken down. But it goes like this. It's a story of a wife named Leah who was bringing up ten very murderous thugs. All of them wanted to kill their younger brother, but instead they sold him into slavery. So we're not talking about the Brady Bunch here, right? This is not... this. So Joseph came from a hard place. You think about it. Grow, growing up where you have ten older brothers from another, from your dad's other wife, and they hate you so much, they are premeditated, ready to kill you. Joseph's brothers saw he was coming. They recognized him in the distance, and as he approached, they made plans to kill him. You know, so Joseph didn't come from, say, a privileged house. He was, if this is your house, if you're living with 10 people who actually want to kill you, it's not a good scenario. It's not a good situation. Go ahead to the next scripture. As a servant in Potiphar's house, so he, he, he was elevated from a slave to a servant in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. And um, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. You know the rest of the story? He's tempted by Potiphar's wife. That didn't go over well with her. Even look at his justification, though. That's really interesting to me. Joseph is saying, but he gave me everything except you. I can't do that to him. That's interesting. You can even hear in, Joseph, in Joseph's justification, in his explanation, but I've been given stewardship of all this except you. I can't, I can't do that. So he goes to prison. Go ahead and go to the next verse. And so before long, Joseph, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Joseph was really focused on his calling. Joseph's calling and his execution of it and his faithful walking in it guided him through really devastating things that happened in his life. We all have callings, by the way. 
You think J Joseph ever felt alone? Felt isolated? So go ahead and go to the next scripture, Josh. So this is right after Joseph interpreted the dream. And Joseph is saying, what you need to do, Pharaoh, see, what, see how Joseph's thinking? He's thinking as a steward, isn't he? He's saying, what you need to do is look for somebody who's discerning and wise and put him in charge. A Pharaoh, Pharaoh needs to appoint commissioners so that they can take a portion of the harvest, a fifth. That number's probably not just random. Joseph has probably given this kind of thing a lot of thought. Well, if we have seven years of bounty and we're going to have seven years of famine, how great does the bounty have to be so that by only harvesting one-fifth of the, of the bounty, we accomplish what we need for the seven years? So here Joseph, again, is using his gift, is using his calling to, to, to give advice to Pharaoh. Go ahead to the next slide. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You'll be in charge. And all the people will submit to your orders. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of all of the land of Egypt. Now why, you know, think about the context of this sermon. It's to support the mission, the vision that Pastor Cross White shared. It's to, it's to support the sermon series that we've been going through where we had a call to action, Renee. She said, Nobody, nobody's excluded. You're all included. We had a call to action. We had motivation. We had inspiration by Thomas to say, set your eyes on your vision. And I think, I, I hope that this sermon fits into that in a way that encourages you that there's real meaning in your life. Your, your calling, if you're ignoring your calling, if you're ignoring what you feel called to do, there's some gaps, there's some deficits in your life because knowing your calling and walking in your calling is one way that God can provide you direction in your life, just like he did with Joseph. At every point, at every decision that Joseph came to, he was motivated and guided by his calling, I believe. And so, you know, we're here, we all are called. It's going to maybe take time to find your calling, to understand how to work in it, but that's something that, that you need to be thinking about, that you need to be praying about, and that you need to be talking to people about, some of our leaders here at Cornerstone. So in conclusion, I want to encourage you that walking in your calling will let you solidify some areas in your life. It will help you achieve your purpose and it will lead you to fulfill your destiny. And we've been challenged by the sermons in this sermon series. I, I want to affirm 
those sermons have ministered to me. They've touched my heart. They've shaken me awake in some areas. And I want to further add that when you walk in your calling, your life will go from out of focus to in focus. God will use your calling to guide you and to provide anchor points through the rough times in your life. I like that. That means more than amen, brother. I like it. So as I close, I just will remind you to let the vision that the pastors had for this sermon series penetrate your heart. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.